0: And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church.
1: Praise God. If you have your Bibles and will join me in the book of Matthew, chapter 14. I am going to read and we're going to travel down a pretty well worn path tonight. But this is from the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus makes a very powerful, bold declaration to the church. And so if I can, with the help of the Lord, just remind us tonight of what we have been called to do. The book of Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 14, the scripture says, You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick that it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. And so in our beginning scripture tonight, you are the light of the world. And then verse 16 says, so let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. I want to just speak tonight from this subject. Light always wins. Light always wins. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Light always wins. You can be seated, and may the Lord bless you for being here in service, and I appreciate what I feel. Jesus, in this declaration, underlines, underscores, just who we are and what we are supposed to be and what we're supposed to be doing. Ye are the light of the world. I believe that when we read that passage of scripture, it's very easy to compartmentalize these uh, responsibilities and hand them off to someone else. And we could look at one another and say, ye are the light of the world and you are supposed to be the light of the world. But I believe that we should personalize that by saying I am the light of the world. It was said in a a few services ago and forgive me for not remembering which one of our ministers said this, but they were talking about reaching the world and how overwhelming that phrase can be if we think about our responsibility to reach the world. But so succinctly they reminded us that God has not called any one of us to reach the entire world but he has, in fact, and indeed called all of us to reach our world. He's called us to reach those that are within our realm or sphere of influence. And so we need to say that I am the light of the world. I am the light in the place of business where I, where I trade. I am the light on my job. I am the light within my family. I am light within unsaved friends. I am the light. He further states A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. And then he reminds us that we don't light candles and hide them under bushels. And many of us grew up uh, hearing little songs in Sunday school and children's church that we don't hide our light under a bushel, but we let it shine, we let it shine, we let it shine. It's more than just a nursery rhyme or a children's song. There's a powerful, powerful truth that we do not light, the, the give, we have not been given light so that we can just shroud that light or, he, or hide that light. But he said, we don't put light under a bushel, but, but a man would light a candle and put it in a candlestick and lift it as high as he possibly can so that all that are in the house may benefit from the value of that single light. So let your light shine before men, he said, that they may see your good works And glorify your Father which is in heaven. And so why would we build a light? Or why would we create a light and then not share that light? Why would we hide that light? When we look all around us today, you don't don't have to go very far at all to look around us and see people that are overwhelmed with feelings of insecurity. It may be related to world conditions. It may be related to personal issues they have going on in their own lives but I believe this is where Holy Ghost-filled individuals should stand out. Not for the glory of you, not for the glory of me, or not for the glory of mankind at large, but this is where the Holy Ghost should shine, in this light this light in a very dark place. While the world around us is grappling with feelings of uncertainty... I believe that the saints of God should not be given to those those streams that wash us away, but we ought to be given to letting our light shine because we're holding the unchanging hand of God. That old song that just says, hold to God's unchanging hand. That's what we're gonna do. We're gonna build our hope on things eternal, not things temporal, not things earthly, but we're holding to the hand of God. Amen. I believe the saints of God should be standing on the promises of the Lord because we belong to him. We've been faithful to the Lord, and God has been faithful to us. Amen. I'm telling you tonight, I'm looking at people that have been faithful to God and a God that's been faithful to you. God has blessed us beyond our wildest imagination. Can I get an amen from that? Never in our wildest dream could we have ever envisioned how merciful and good and how much God could bless the church as he has blessed it today. Amen. I'm I'm thankful that we belong to him and that he has taken that seriously. We've been faithful to the Lord and he's been faithful to us. We are spiritually living in a very dark hour. There are things going on in our world that I'm sure if we knew just a little bitty portion of what's really going on around us, uh, we would be shaken probably to our knees. We look and we see the, but nevertheless, even though we don't know everything, we do enough know enough to realize that there is a real spirit of darkness that's in our world. But what an opportunity for the church! What an opportunity with God's help for us as a church to meet such a season like this if we have light. Amen. Then we ought to share that light. I believe that everybody, to some degree, senses that something is going on in our world. I'm not just referring to current events. But I'm talking about in the spirit. There's something, there's a, a moving, a stirring, and I believe people are aware, even though they may not be able to individually define that as a whole, but they realize something is going on. There is a spiritual climate change in the air. But again, I will say what a grand opportunity for the church to let the light of the Lord shine before men. I I hope that we're not falling apart, and I I hope that the church is not feeling overwhelmed. Amen, I I know that, that there are things that come against us individually, but I hope that we're not given to those measures of letting the foundation crack beneath our feet. I'm holding to his unchanging hand. There is cause for concern, absolutely. There is cause for concern and that's why we're on our knees talking to the Lord. We can't change what's going on in Washington individually, we can't change what's going on in Tallahassee individually but I believe that we, when we kneel in prayer that there is there is power beyond what we can comprehend when we talk to God, yes, amen. I believe in truth we are seeing a call from heaven. And I believe that we have been privileged to live in such an hour to see the shift and the turn amen I believe that the coming of the Lord is very close very close you can sense something different in the air I'm, I'm thankful today that God has allowed us to live and be a part of the church in this hour we can sense that there's something there's something stirring in the in the spirit world amen so I pray that in, in this environment that we don't find ourselves rattled we don't find ourselves Shaken, we don't find ourselves with our faith coming unhinged in this un, in in this environment. God has provided an opportunity for us to lift up and have the power of God shine. That's why we ought to give every service our all. That's why we ought to give every opportunity we have been given everything that we have. I don't want to get, just get you weary with this, but I'm going to tell you, there should be no such thing as an off night or an all service. I want to come. I want us to sing with everything that we have. We should play our instruments with all that we have. We should preach or teach with everything that we have. Praise God. I want to let my light shine before men. Amen. We should seize every opportunity, every door that's open before us to be light, in a dark world. So let's consider a few things about this declaration to the church. And we can understand this just from a a pragmatic viewpoint that when light stands against darkness, light always wins. Light always wins. When you hit the switch, not to insult your intelligence, but when you hit the light switch in the darkest room, there is not a hesitation. There is not a struggle. There is not a battle. We don't have to stand in the doorway wondering who or what is going to win. Whenever you turn on the light switch and the electric current runs to that bulb, hey amen, there is no debate. There is no argument. Light always wins. I'm thankful for the prevailing nature of light. It is not a coincidence that the first time the universe ever heard the voice of God, he didn't say let there be joy, he didn't say let there be peace, he didn't say let there be love, he didn't say let there be unity, but he said let there be light because God always begins his business by turning on the light first, hallelujah. I'm thankful tonight that when we walked in the door of this building that the lights were already on When we came in, the lights were already on physically, but the spiritual lights were already on because light always wins. Light always wins. We have seen those times when we felt overwhelmed, those seasons when we felt uh, overcome by the cares of life that we just began to meditate upon the presence of God. We began to pray. Maybe our prayer wasn't earth shattering. Maybe we didn't even really know what words to use at times because our vocabulary seemed inadequate. But those times when we just started meditating on the word of God, what we were doing was building a fire. What we were doing was causing a little bit of light. We began to think about the power in the name of Jesus. In a few moments, the spirit of peace began to prevail because light always wins, light always wins. God always begins by turning the lights on. So what the source of light was in Genesis 1, we certainly don't know because the sun and the moon wasn't created until verse number four. He didn't turn the lights on so he could see what he was doing. I can promise you that. Amen, I think that it's possible that that this is more of an expression about really who he is. I think we would agree that life requires light. Just like faith requires a light, I know that we would agree that we live in a dark hour. There are unspeakable things that are happening in public streets today in our society immorality, there's spiritual apathy, and there is, there is a, there's a shift in our culture of, the, of its thinking and in our, our, our foundational uh, Christian fundamental roots. There is a shift in that. There's a spirit of hypocrisy and there's a spirit of division in our world and strife and hatred and the list could go on and on and that would just be the tip the very, very tip of the iceberg. It is a dark day, but Jesus knew it was going to be a dark day. He knew that darkness was coming whenever he came. And so he prepared for that darkness and he made us the church, the light of the world. And so before he left this world, he said, you are gonna be the light and you are gonna be a city set on a hill. It's going to get dark. It's going to be dark outside, but it's gonna be okay because I'm gonna have my church planted as the light. Hallelujah. He prepared for that darkness and he made us the light. And so I don't want to miss not one measure of what God has has wanting to do with us and has placed us in this time frame alone I'm thankful for those that went before us but we're not in their day I'm thankful for their faithfulness but we're not living in their generation God has placed us for such a time as this and so I say dear God help me not to miss one opportunity help me not to miss stepping through the door when I need to step through the door because amidst all the horrible things there exists an undeniable physical and spiritual reality. We are both living in a physical and a spiritual realm. Realm. Amen. The reality is that the church is poised right now. The church is positioned to ignite hope, to ignite the power of love and to extend a hand of grace to this world. The church has not been arbitrarily, randomly, we have not just woken up in this hour, but God planted this seed a long, long time ago because he knew he was gonna need the church at large. But I wanna be specific tonight. God planted this church in 1940 because he knew I'm gonna need this church in 2021. He didn't just plan us so that we could have the best years of our days, back there but the best years I'm thankful for our rich history as I've often said but our best days are not tucked away somewhere in the pages of history our best days are not chronicled and logged somewhere back there but God said then I need a church planted now I need it planted here and I'm going to use this church until my trumpet sounds I'm going to use this church until I call it home I'm going to use this church until we are raptured out of here hallelujah Why? Because light always wins. Light always wins. God's spirit empowers us to go from just existing in the natural to thriving and experiencing the supernatural. We have all experienced, to some degree, different measures, but we've all experienced canopies of darkness. I hope we never forget what it was like before we receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We've experienced darkness. The scripture says that we have come out of darkness into his marvelous light. There are admonitions, some of them uh, very, very blatant, others of them principles, but there are scriptures that are cautions, precautions, signs, if you please, that remind us that we must never forget the rock from which we were hewn or the mire from which we were pulled. I don't ever want to forget coming out of darkness into his marvelous light. We have all the the perspective that God has deposited in our lives. He has placed something there. He has given the church the necessary spiritual and intellectual tools. I believe not only to survive in this world, in this age, but to thrive and and prevail in the very climate that we're living in. I'm just not trying to, to, to repeat myself tonight, but we are not the church anemic. We are the church triumphant. God is not coming for a bride that's gonna drag herself in. No, 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 but God is has married himself to the church triumphant, the church that is victorious. That's why we shouldn't be thinking that it's too dark for the church to operate or the world is too evil for there to be any victory, or that we are not going to make an impact because I'm going to tell you tonight that the church will prevail, and the church is going to get the job done because we are the light of the world, and light always wins. I want to challenge you and hopefully give you some context as to why we're doing some of the things that we're doing. I believe that everything that we do as a church and as a body collectively, <clears throat> we are we should be doing to try to bring everyone closer to the light. Not just going through the motions, doing what we do to have something to do. But I believe that God has placed the church as a light in a very dark place. And what we do as a church should be designed to help draw not only the church, but others closer to the light. We have the light. And so I pray that God would help us not to hide that light, but let it shine. So if we must, or if we are guilty, then we need to remove the basket of apathy and complacency, and we need to remove the shroud of fear and indecisiveness and be what God has purposed us and, I believe, empowered us to be. The church is empowered with more tools than we have ever had in our history and I can say that of the church local and the church corporate. And uh, you, we've been talking about this for a while. We've been had a launch in the month of June and uh, we've launched our connect groups with this intention. Yes, I do believe that fellowship is important and that is a part of what we're doing, but I believe that our smaller gatherings give us the opportunity to reach people that we already have a relationship with. You men work with men that will come to a men's fellowship. You ladies work with ladies or have friends or, or acquaintances in your circle of influence that would come to a small gathering of, of some sort. And, and our young people the same way. We, we have the ability now, a tool to help us reach with people that we already have a relationship with. Now, I don't want you to think that, excuse me, that I'm being critical of anything in the past But I I just wanna talk about something here tonight and and try to bring into focus why we're doing what we're doing. But I do remember as well as some of you the days of door knocking. You knocked on a door, a stranger opened the door. You handed them a track, inviting them to church and walked away. I'm not being critical of that, but in this hour, those measures would not work. You don't even open your own door to strangers. The climate of our world has changed. <laughs> My wife and I, this, this weekend, were privileged to be in South Florida and we went by uh, the old place where she was raised and the home has been torn down, but she wanted to go there and, and take a few pictures and we pulled down the road and the man next door immediately came out And so I just explained to him why we were there and we were just gonna take a few pictures and and man, he whipped out his phone and he starts (laughs) video. And and I I realized you know, we we weren't up to nothing, but he didn't know that. But that's the world in which we live in. I didn't know what he was fixing to pull out next. And so while it was just a phone, I thought it might be time for us to leave. But that's the world in which we live, amen. I, 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 re, I promise you I'm not being critical if those measures worked in a time they worked in a time but I believe that our connect groups can be more effective in helping us make disciples because it's people that we already have a relationship with and so we're what we're doing is creating more opportunities for the light to shine more opportunities for people to understand that there is peace that can be found not just in a church service but there's peace that can be found when we're sitting down and we're fellowshipping and we're May be talking about the things of God But we may not be talking about the things of God We may be talking about a hunting trip Or a fishing trip or We may be talking about um, any number of things But what we're doing is we're setting the light On a candlestick We're not going to hide it under a bushel And we want people to know That you can walk toward the light And he'll be a God of peace He'll be a God of comfort He will be a God of hope I believe there is absolutely no doubt That we must, as a church, push against the spirit that would discourage us from pressing forward. And we must push against the winds that would try to keep us in a stalemated position, amen. There are ancient spirits, I believe, that are still active in this dark world, amen. There are still spirits of Pharaoh that would try to hold us hostage, and there are still spirits of Jezebel that would try to threaten us, and there are still spirits of Goliath that would try to intimidate us. They're still out there, amen. There's a spirit more powerful, however, than all of that. There's a spirit greater than Pharaoh. There's a spirit greater than Je- There's a spirit greater than Goliath and that is the spirit of the almighty God. Those spirits represent darkness and we represent light and so we don't have to go in and beg permission. We don't have to walk in and ask if we got if it's okay with them but I believe that we can just say Lord help us to light the light and raise it as high as we can on this candlestick and we're going to push back against hostage. We're going to push back against the threats and we're going to push back against the intimidation because light always wins and he said ye are the children of light. You're the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hid. I'm thankful for the light. I'm thankful for the power of the Holy Ghost that gives me the light. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. That same God gives us the power to push back against darkness with grace and love. I believe it's time to remove the basket. Whatever's holding us back, whatever's whatever's hindering the light and preventing its impact. Ye are the light of the world. That gives the church definition. He gives us purpose. He it gives It's a life metaphor, if you please, that affirms the deep truth about every one of us. And so what are we gonna do with the light that God has given us? What are we gonna do with our own personal testimony of what the Lord has done in your own life and in your own family? I don't think God has given us light so that we can just sit around and barely glow. You ever needed a light? And it wouldn't come on in the days before LED flashlights you ever needed your flashlight and you turned it on you almost had to strike a match see if it was on <laughs> we've been there but oh what a joy to need light and have light have light I think he makes it very clear that we are supposed to have an impact on the world around us. And so we're to use the power of light to help people that seem hopeless realize that they can find their way. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. That's what the scripture teaches us. We wrestle with principalities and powers and wickedness in high places. That's what the scripture says. It attacks all aspects of life. And so to be be light requires confronting, to be light requires overcoming darkness. You gotta confront darkness. You gotta overcome darkness. Some may ask if it's possible, but I'm gonna tell you it is possible. And the reason it's possible is because light always wins. Light always wins. Man, man-made religion would kind of teach us this, that if we can get rid of the darkness, then the light would shine. If we could just somehow get rid of the darkness, that light would be the automatic end result. But Jesus said, let the light shine and darkness will flee. I like how Jesus approached things. We just need to let the light shine. In John chapter one, there's a beautiful analogy that, that we're familiar with. John one and one, the Bible says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life and the life was the light of men and light shineth in darkness and darkness comprehended it not because light always wins. Perhaps we're concerned because the world is getting so much worse but the Bible says where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. And so we don't ever have to worry about darkness overtaking the light. That's my point. No matter how dark it gets outside, it'll always not be dark enough that the light won't prevail against that. Yes, it's dark, but the light of the church is going to continue to grow because light always wins. And these these are, I believe, enduring promises of God. Darkness does not overcome light so I can't be intimidated, and so I just wanna say to the church, we shouldn't write anybody off. We shouldn't say, well, they've gone too far, they've done too much, or this sin is just too hideous, amen, because light always wins. We can't say, well, this situation is irreparable, there's no way we can pull them back from over the cliff, no, if you believe that, then you don't believe light always wins. Amen, if somebody will turn from their wicked ways and seek his face, he will heal from heaven. Amen, he will begin to heal. He will begin to restore. He said, and Joel, I'll give you back what's been taken away. And so no matter how grim our situation, we, the situation rather, we are the light of the world. Now the enemy's gonna try to make us feel overwhelmed, But we've got to take inventory of our life and remove everything that we possibly can that would prohibit light from shining as bright as it possibly can. We've got to look deep into our own souls to make sure that we're not compromising and doing anything to hinder the light. You ever been trying to see somebody's holding the light, but somebody walked in front of the light? I don't want to be that thing that walks in front of the light to hinder somebody i got to draw close to him, and the closer we get, the brighter the light. I believe that our personal walk with God is not just about how spiritual you can get or how isolated you can become from everybody else. I believe that we need to grow and that we need to do that by prayer and the study of his word. But I'm going to tell you that if we're never sharing what God has done with us with somebody else, then we don't care about the plight of that person's eternal salvation. I don't want to just sit and let somebody observe. I want to open my mouth and I want to reach out to them. Amen. I, I don't want to just try to do whatever I can do on my own. I want to share with the world what God is currently doing in my life. I want to wait till I reach some pinnacle and then start talking about it. I want to talk about what God's already done right up now, right to now, right up to this point. And so I, I believe that as a church and certainly as us individually, that everything that we do should have some component of outreach built into it. If not, we're going to become inverted and we get can get so inverted that we become no earthly good. I mean, we can't do anything on this earth because it's all about us. I don't want to become so inverted that that God can't use me here in this world. And so I gotta be intentional. I gotta make sure that I prioritize my life and my list because we are surrounded by the harvest every day. Every day we deal with people that don't know in some cases one-tenth of what you know about God. I wanna be intentional about sharing that. I gotta let my light shine. I'm gonna ask our musicians to come. I believe that we have to be very, very careful to never let our guard down. Now, I'm always cautious when I use big words like that, never. Because we live in a human shell, frail, mortal clay that is subject to error. But I don't want to let my guard down because you never know who is watching and you never know what may be going on in your world. I've shared this with you before, but um, I thought about it again this afternoon as I was preparing for our service and just wanted to share it with you again. A few years ago, my wife and I were invited to speak in a um, rather large city, and we were staying on the south side of the city and um, in a hotel, and we drove there, and uh, we went into the hotel, or I went into the hotel to get our room, and when I walked up to the reservation counter, I knew within 45 seconds something was wrong. Our reservations were completely uh, botched, and, and uh, we had been driving, trying to get there just so we could rest a little bit before the service. You know, we've all been in those situations. It was not what I wanted to deal with at the moment. The lady behind the counter was doing everything within her power to fix the situation. But for a while, it seemed impossible. But I realized that the lady behind the desk, she just really represented that hotel. She just came to work that day. She didn't take my reservation. (laughs) She didn't build the building. She didn't decorate the room. She just happened to come to work that day. She was not the person responsible for this huge mix-up, and she obviously didn't have the power or the authority or the knowledge on her own how to fix it. It seemed like it took an eternity for them to get this corrected, multiple phone calls to her supervisor and to their supervisor, and many, many apologies. She would hold the phone down and apologize again and again. I kept saying, it's not a problem. We'll get through this. I knew that it wasn't her fault. But it wasn't where I wanted to be either. It wasn't where she wanted to be, but it certainly wasn't where I wanted to be. Finally, we got checked into our room. And and it was a wonderful thing to feel just a little bit of a win. What I didn't realize, we're on the south side of this large city. We're preaching on the north side of this large city. What I didn't realize is that someone had been in that facility before me and they had invited them to church, this young lady to church. And they said, we really want you to come because we're having some special services and a special speaker. (laughs) And so she agreed to come to church. And so imagine our surprise when we looked up and saw one another in the same church building and that that was the special service and I was the special speaker. And I was so thankful that I kept my light on the candlestick where it belonged. I'm not boasting. I've got nothing to boast of. What a tragedy that would have been if I had been acting the fool <laughs> and she come walking in that church and there I am sitting up on the platform and got my Sunday best on. Let your light so shine before men. If I'm right, that young lady got the Holy Ghost that morning. That lady, young lady came to the altar that day and received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. I I will tell you again I'm not boasting because I have nothing to boast of but we need to be so careful that we don't let our light down our guard down amen we don't need to let our guard down let's stand together I'm so glad that I didn't block the light that day amen I pray the Lord would help us to never do anything that would create a stumbling block for anyone I wouldn't want anyone to say you know I'd like to go to that church but I don't know about this this person or that person I, I'd love to come but I don't know I don't want to be that stumbling block Amen. I want to be the light let's worship the Lord Can
0: this message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church